ready for true happiness, for deep fulfillment, for feeling alive, on purpose, and in control of your life again, it's time to be the bold, brilliant, beautiful woman you were born to be. Welcome to the Purpose Girl Podcast. I'm women's happiness and life purpose expert, Karen Rockhind, and I'm going to teach you how to live on purpose, feel alive, and be happy in every aspect of life. I'm going to get real about my life and interview women who are living on purpose so that you can finally live yours. Welcome to the show. Let me ask you this. What do you want in a relationship? When you think of your ideal mate or you think of an ideal friend, what do you want? So when I was a little girl and I thought about what I wanted in a relationship, I used to think tall, dark, handsome, wealthy, funny, ambitious, right? Does this sound like a checklist you've heard before? Because pretty much every woman I know wants this same checklist. And so when I was in graduate school, I'm talking about this with my girlfriends, I think over a glass of wine one day, my dear friend, Sarah Oliveri looked at me and she said, yeah, but how do you want to feel? Like in your ideal romantic relationship, how do you want to feel? And that question changed everything. She's so brilliant because I've realized that this is the key to all relationships and what we are missing. If you just have a checklist of tall, dark, handsome, or even in a friend, right? We have these checklists and often these checklists are based on what society tells us that we want or based on us wanting to feel approval or feel good enough or feel that society gives us a check mark, right? Because we have the quote unquote relationship that we're supposed to have. But this does not get at the heart of what you really desire and more so what you really need. In this episode, I am going to teach you what research says are the four things that will kill a relationship. I am going to teach you five different tools that you can use to improve every relationship in your life, whether it's work relationship, romantic relationship, or friendship. And I am going to give you access and show you where you can get assessments to learn more about what you need in a relationship. So you want to make sure that you stay tuned for the whole thing. So when Sarah asked me this brilliant question, it changed everything because I realized I want to feel cherished. I want to feel heard. I want to feel supported. I want to feel adored. And that's what I started to look for in a romantic relationship. And that's why Josh is shorter than me, because it wasn't about that anymore. Instead, it was about really checking in with, am I feeling, am I getting the feeling that I need? And I want to pause here and I want to say thank you to all of you, because you make me feel that. You make me feel heard. You make me feel adored and cherished. The emails that I get from you, literally, they light up my entire day. So if you've been thinking about emailing me, please do. I love hearing from you and hearing how your life is changed by the Purpose Girl podcast. I mean, I'm so appreciative of all of you for making me feel that. And the way that this podcast has grown in only six months, we are doing it. We are changing the world one woman at a time. Last week, our episode was second in self-help in Iceland. I love you, Iceland. So I just want to thank you because the relationship with you really matters. You matter to me. And at our heart, we all want to matter. 
right? We want to matter. We want to belong. We want to have the kind of relationships that we crave. And of course, that is what this episode is about. This episode of the Purpose Goal Podcast continues a six-part series in which I'm taking you through the six different pathways to happiness and human flourishing. And with each one, I'm giving you the tools that you can use. This is all based in research. And so today, we're getting at the R, right? The theory is called PERMA-V. The P was positivity, positive emotions. The E was engagement. And of course, you can go back and listen to those episodes. And today, the R is all about relationships. And every other week as I do this solo episode, I'm discussing one of these. And when you put them together, you will have the map. Honestly, you will have the map to creating a flourishing life. So at our heart, we all want to belong. And unfortunately, we don't. I remember when I was a little girl, I switched schools between third grade and fourth grade. And in third grade, I had so many friends, I didn't even think about having friends. I just did. And then I switched schools and I suddenly felt like I didn't belong. At this new school, the kids seemed to all wear the same kinds of jeans. They were guests at the time, right? And they all seemed to take dance lessons from someone named Miss Barbara. And I took dance lessons at the Jewish Community Center. And I just felt like I didn't belong with these girls. I didn't know how to fit in. And I found myself starting to do things that are not even who I am. I ended up becoming friends with these two girls, one of whom was kind of a bad girl. So she would run around on the playground tackling boys and kissing them. So I did that, even though that's so not me. She would do things that, you know, were kind of bad. And so one day, I can't remember if it was my idea or she dared me to actually pull the teacher's bra strap. And I'm so embarrassed to tell you that I did it. I felt both valued when I did it because I was doing this thing to to fit in and my friends thought I was so cool. And I felt ashamed because it wasn't me. But this is what we do to fit in. And the reason we so desperately want to fit in, we so desperately want to belong, is that loneliness, loneliness is as bad for us as smoking 15 cigarettes a day. Research is showing that loneliness is actually hurting our physical bodies and it's becoming more and more prevalent. So the health insurer Cigna actually took a nationwide survey of 20,000 adults and found that more than half, 54% of respondents, felt like no one actually knows them really well. And 56% of them said that they surround themselves with people who aren't necessarily with them, right? They're not like aligned and connected. 40% said that they lack real companionship. And I'm not telling you anything you don't know because you could probably look at your own life And I hope that this is not you. And yet, in truth, it is most of us, according to research. And we are becoming more and more lonely. So a research study where people were asked, how many people would you feel comfortable discussing an important issue with? This number changed. In 1985, it was three people. In 2004, it was two people. And the percentage of people who reported having no such confidence No such people to connect with about an important issue rose from 10% to 25%. And the research actually shows that this is just getting worse and worse. 
We actually know from a Harvard study that loneliness is toxic, that the more isolated you are, the less happy you are, and it actually changes our brain. So I don't want to get you all depressed right now, right? And what's interesting is research studies are showing that this is affecting older Americans in some ways because partners and friends are, um, as, they, as, as they die, as they transition, then people, of course, don't have as much companionship. Even more scary, because we expect that as we get older, is that research studies are also showing that this is happening with the people who are the youngest. And of course, we can look at, if you're listening to this and you're screaming, it's because of social media, my kid won't get off of social media. That is actually true. That with the advent of the smartphone and the increase in popularity of the smartphone, so too has loneliness increased among our young people. The thing is though, that social media is not going away. Right? The smartphone is not going away. If anything, we're just going to continue to use more and more and more technology. And so the question is, how can we shift this? So the reason that loneliness is, can, can impact not only your quality of life and life satisfaction, but the risk to your health, the same as smoking 15 cigarettes a day, is that humans are wired for connection. It is human to yearn to belong. And the reason for this, if we go back thousands of years, right, as humans were evolving, often people think about Darwin said survival of the fittest, that it would be you versus me and who's going to win. But there's actually something called multi-level selection. And that within a group, right, so you can think about like within a tennis team, if you match up two people against each other on the same tennis team, then one of those people is going to win. However, if the tennis team competes against another tennis team, right, the tennis team from one school competes against the tennis team from another school, now we want to win as a group. And so what had to happen for us to evolve as humans, predators got larger. The saber-toothed tiger was bigger and more aggressive and faster than we were. And so in order to protect our young, in order to protect ourselves, we actually had to start working together in community. And so for thousands of years, we evolved, our brain evolved to need other people. And this is why the late Chris Peterson, one of the founders of positive psychology, the science of human flourishing that I bring to you every week, this is why he said that you can reduce positive psychology to three words, other people matter. The fact is that we evolved to be social creatures, to need each other, to, to need others to care for us and to care for our babies. It was critical to the survival of humans. So when we are young and when we're older, every age, we are literally desperate to fit in. A friend of mine was telling me about the, the soccer moms, right? And all the moms and how they all seem so clicky and to know each other and she doesn't know them. And she honestly felt like as she would kind of go and try to connect with them, that they were talking about things that didn't really matter to her. And so there was a part of her that didn't really want to be friends with them. Not that there's anything wrong with them, but didn't feel aligned with them. And then there was a part of her that desperately did want to be friends with them because when she goes to the game, she wants to fit in. She wants to connect. She wants to belong. There are research studies done on baby monkeys. And thank God this is not done anymore because it would break your heart. You could look up 
videos about this, but John Balby did research studies to look at what what do we most need, right? We're very closely aligned humans, the human brain with, with monkeys and other primates. And so these research studies with these baby monkeys, these baby monkeys were actually taken from their mother um, at birth. And then they had the opportunity to like see kind of two fake mothers, one that was layered in soft blankets and one that was able to feed a, a wire fake mom with, um, that was wire, both these were fake moms. One was soft and one was wire, but had a feeding tube. And the baby monkey actually preferred the mom and clung to the mom for 22 hours until absolutely starving, clung to the mom that was soft. And from this, a theory was called, was developed called attachment theory. And really what we need is secure, connected attachment from the time that we are young. And so we have this need to belong. We have this need to connect. And I want you to pause and think about, are your relationships life-giving or are your relationships life-depleting? Right, my dear friend Allison says, oh, she sucks the life out of me, right? And she and I will laugh, She'll, she's been saying this to me for 20 years, like, oh, does that person suck the life out of you? And it was so brilliant. And then I'm reading research on high quality connections on relationships. And this question was asked by Jane Dutton at the University of Michigan, who studies the high quality connections, relationships specifically in the workplace. And she asked this question, are your relationships life giving or are they life depleting? And as you think about this, I want to pause for one moment. You might have heard two weeks ago, I mentioned a vitamin that I've been taking. And I'm so honored that I was approached by this vitamin company, Ritual, to start taking their vitamin to see if I liked it in order to share with you. And I can tell you now that I've taken it for a month, I absolutely love it. I have told you all about my own fertility challenges. And one of them is just that I'm getting older. And for all of you, you might not be on a fertility journey like I am. But one thing that hopefully you do care about is that your body is getting the nourishment that it needs. And my cycle was going down to 23 days, 24 days. And since taking Ritual for a month, my cycle is back on a 28-day cycle. And I absolutely know that it is because of this. And what's amazing is that, so I started to look up like the story, how did this come about? And it's because the founder of Ritual couldn't find a vitamin that actually nourished a woman's body the way that it's supposed to be. And so Ritual has folate, which every woman needs, and only nine essential ingredients. It is a vitamin I love talking to you about, and I'm thrilled that they are sponsoring the podcast because I would only talk to you about products that I love. So Ritual gives you what I've learned and have realized because it's literally changing my body and I feel great, is it's filling the gaps in a woman's diet. It's giving us omega-3, it's giving us D3, and Something I absolutely love about it is that it tastes minty, which I've never had from a vitamin before. And the other thing that I am loving about it is that it just gets delivered to my door. So it turns out to only be a dollar a day to have all of these essential nutrients in my body. And I highly, highly, highly recommend these. They're sugar-free, non-GMO, gluten-free. And I'm telling you, it is changing my cycle, which means that it's making my body healthy and return to its healthy state. And so I highly recommend this as you are desiring to live your life and you're creating the life that you desire, then add some ritual, add some really healthy vitamins and nutrients to your diet. Visit ritual.com forward slash purpose girl to get started today. Again, that is ritual.com forward slash purpose girl. 
So as we think about if relationships are life-giving or life-depleting, here's what this all comes down to. We all crave high-quality connections. And here's the difference between a high-quality connection and a low-quality connection. A low-quality connection, in them, there's a little bit of death in each connection, right? It's like a low-quality connection, someone who is draining to you, who sucks the life out of you, they leave a little damage in their wake, right? It's like every time you connect with them, either they're taking you down, you're telling them about a dream, and they're saying to you, oh, who do you think you are to pursue that? You can't do that. Or they're just vomiting all over you, all of their negativity and hatred and angst, And this isn't, of course, all of our friends, and I do this, this isn't about whether or not someone can connect and share their truth and share with you their pain. Of course, you can do that and everyone can do that. We all know what we're talking about here, right? Somebody who literally is everything is victim, everything is negative, everything that you try to say that's positive, they want to take away from. This actually recently happened to me. Someone was talking about a friend of theirs who was stuck And I said, we all have the opportunity to shift and not be stuck. We all have that opportunity. And I'm not saying it's easy, my God, like I have felt stuck before. I felt stuck in a marriage. I felt stuck in a job I didn't like. I felt stuck when I had my first and second miscarriage. I have felt stuck, right? And we all have a choice. This is the foundation of my entire being in life is that we can learn from it. We can turn that pain into purpose, that we can use what we've been through in order to refuel and shift and create a new life. And so the low quality connections, it's like they leave damage in their wake, right? They're constantly depleting you, constantly degrading you. The flip side of that then is that high quality connections leave you with feelings of vitality and aliveness. Right? It's like those people that you just connect with and you feel more nourished, you feel more alive just by being in their presence. You also feel emotionally connected. Right, It's like the space in between the two of you feels rich and nourishing, supportive and loving. And that there's mutuality, that there's positive regard on both sides. There's respect, there's kindness, there's give and take on both sides. And yes, sometimes, One person in a relationship is going to need more. And then at some point, that's going to flip. And there's this mutuality. And this is what we all crave, right? So the question is, how do we get more high quality connections? How do we create the kind of relationships that we desire, both romantic and friendships? First, let's talk about the qualities within a high quality connection, within a really healthy relationship. So in order to have the kind of relationship I'm talking about, a vitality and aliveness, there has to be vulnerability and authenticity. Recently, we held the inaugural Women's Global Happiness Day. Oh my goddess, ladies, I am like out of the moon about this, okay? We had 98 events. We impacted almost 1,000 women in 19 countries, six continents. Women gathered in Abuja, Nigeria, and and held safe, sacred, connected space for each other to cry, to share, to to talk about their struggles, and then to lift each other up and tell each other all the positives, recognize their strengths, and then to learn tools, to learn the happiness tools and experience them and experiment with them in order to thrive. 
This kind of meeting happened outside of Jerusalem in Israel. This kind of meeting, 26 women got together in Portland, Oregon. About 20 women in Boca Raton, Florida. About 10 women in uh, Ontario, Canada. I mean, four women in Dubai. It didn't matter how large. It was that women came together in these safe and sacred spaces. And they finally had a place to be vulnerable. And a woman who attended event in Lagos, Nigeria, she had just recently lost her husband. And this was the first time after 40 days that she got out of her house, out of her time of mourning. And she wrote a letter to her event leader that her event leader shared with me where she said, I've never felt like I had a safe space to share. I've never felt like I had a place to connect. And now I realize, now I've, I, I realize that I do and that our well-being is in the space of connections and relationships. And I'm not quoting her word for word, but it was be, it's beautiful. And every single event, these women are saying, when's our next event? Because we need this so much, especially as women, right? Because we are the product of our ancestors, for thousands of years, women gathered together. Women, right? The hunting and gathering, right? Hunting was done by the men. The gathering, the community was done by the women. And marriage was a thing of the economy, right? People married for economic reasons. And so the place where people got their real connection, where women got their emotions fed and nourished was from the other women in the village, in the community. It was women who took care of them when they had their periods. Women would go into the red tent and other women would care for them and feed them and nourish them. Women would sit around after the children were sleeping and they would laugh and they would connect. And so as women, research has found that we especially need connection with other women. And the connection has to be real. But what's happening in our world today, I don't have to tell you this, is that, you know, there's quote unquote Facebook, which I love, but people call it fake book, right? Facebook and Instagram, and people are only posting the highlight reel. And here we are comparing our worst to someone else's best. And this is why hopefully you do follow me on social media, right? Karen Rockhind on Instagram, Coach Karen Rockhind on Facebook, and I am real. I try to be honest with you about my ups and my downs. So what we need in terms of high quality connections is vulnerability, authenticity, a safe place to connect. Because what that does is actually helps us to build trust and makes us feel more attuned with one another. So John Gottman, who is the leading researcher on marriage, and he calls his lab a love lab, right? Where he will, he has studied thousands and thousands of couples. And what he has found is that there are what he calls the four horsemen of the apocalypse, right? So four things that will absolutely kill a relationship. Number one is criticism, right? So anytime we are critical of someone else, whether we are critical of how they're handling their life or critical and, and criticism being kind of positive feedback. I have a group of women that I'm, I adore. They are soul sisters. We are in a goddess mastermind together. And we can be honest with one another, like, hmm, sister, you know, just checking in. Is that really how you want to handle this? Or I really see that you've been talking about wanting something different. Or let me ask you a question. Are you open to feedback? That's being kind and giving feed forward and being quote unquote kind of uh, positive critical. But criticism is, why would you do that? Who do you think you are? 
How could you have done that? You're always so stupid. You're always doing X, Y, and Z. And God knows, sometimes I do this in my relationships, right? In my marriage, especially. And then I have to ask for a do-over because what we want instead is a gentle startup, right? I know though, after years, when there has been a behavior that has been grinding on you and maybe you haven't brought it up, it could be months, it could be days, and we hold it and we hold it in, the first thing we do, we tend to criticize. And what we want instead is to be gentle when we start up. Number two, that will kill a relationship is defensiveness, right? Always like, you always do this. And then the other person says, yeah, but you do this, right? And then we become so defensive. Well, I didn't, you know, and so that is not helpful. What's helpful is to be able to step back and actually take responsibility. I have a friend who is currently going through divorce or wanting a divorce. And it's so easy. It would be so easy for her to just say, he is this, he is that, he does all these things, right? That would be easy. And she could build a big case. And we've been through that over the years, right? Instead, she's reading this beautiful book by Catherine Woodward Thomas called Conscious Uncoupling. And it's a term you might have heard from Gwyneth Paltrow, who actually got it from Catherine Woodward Thomas. And it's this way of taking full responsibility for your part and being so conscious and loving and respectful in the uncoupling that you can do this in a respectful way, which is so much better for both of you and if you have children and for the community around you. And as an example, if you were to criticize, you never take me on a date. The responsibility part, whether she ever shares this with her husband or not, is I have allowed us to not go on dates for 20 years. I haven't asked for what I wanted. And I take responsibility for that. And in the future, in future relationships, I'm going to ask for the dates that I want. Right? So you're taking responsibility. And of course, that's an uncoupling example. But we want to do the same thing in a friendship in a coupling is we want to say, what is our part? Can I, we want to be open to hearing someone else's feedback. Number three, contempt, right? When you are in, like contemptuous towards somebody, contempt will kill a relationship. And instead we want to build a culture of appreciation. And I'm going to give you a tool for that at the end of the podcast, right? We want to constantly have a whole culture not just thank you, but appreciating who the other person is, appreciating what you adore about them, appreciating giving them the feelings. Back to what I said at the beginning of the podcast, how do you want to feel in a relationship? You're, you are constantly appreciating someone so that they feel whatever it is that they desire to feel, whether that is valued or respected or connected or adored. And then the last horseman is what he calls stonewalling, right? And this is basically the silent treatment. And we all hate it. God, I hate this island treatment almost more than I would rather someone fight with me. And in fact, if I feel like someone is stonewalling so much, then I will keep picking and picking and picking until I get them to fight with me. Because stonewalling, it feels so uncomfortable. And so what we want to do, if you are a stonewaller, if you just walk away, if you cut off the conversation, is you want to learn how to give yourself some self-soothing so that you can stay in because what we also know is that there are things that every relationship needs, whether this is romantic or it is friendship or this is at work. And what we need is that place of appreciation. What we need is that place of trust, which means that we're building a relationship based on reliability and dependability, vulnerability, that someone is about the other person in addition and not just about themselves. 
What we need is to turn towards someone instead of away. John Gottman and his wife, Julie Gottman, they call this a bid. They were constantly all day long making bids in a relationship. Basically, a bid is when you turn towards someone and you're asking for love. But often the way that we ask for love is we say, you never hug me anymore. Then the other person wants to just walk away, right? Well, I don't, I'm too tired. And so it becomes a dance. We take a step forward, you don't hug me. And we think we're asking for a hug. And then the other person steps back. And this is how a dance goes back and forth. What's required, and I know is so hard, is that we actually get vulnerable. And we say, hey, I'd love a hug right now. Or even better, you go for the hug yourself. You're the one who steps in. You're the one who initiates sex. You're the one who initiates a hug. You're the one who gives the compliment first. And I know that that takes so much vulnerability because of the fear of rejection. We have so much fear of rejection as humans, so much fear of humiliation because of our core desire to belong. But that is what's actually required. And there are a couple of beautiful, beautiful, beautiful tools that I wanna give you that will improve every relationship. Number one is ritual. So the space between two people is in itself sacred. The relationship is as sacred as each of the individuals. I like to think of a relationship like a ladder. You need a strong side to the left and a strong side to the right, and then the rungs will be held up and the rungs need as much focus. And so ritual helps you to create a strong relationship. And as an example, Josh and I, every morning before we drink our coffee, we clink our glasses together. We look each other in the eyes and we say, I love you. And we actually do the same thing with our wine at night. And if one of us has a sip of coffee before the ritual because we're too tired or whatnot, we'll joke with each other and say, oh, it wasn't any good. It wasn't any good. And then we'll do our ritual and then we'll smile at each other and say, oh, no, now it tastes better. Right? So it's a simple ritual. We also drink out of matching coffee cups every morning. Now, before I make you think like it's disgustingly <laughs> sappy over here, actually, maybe it is. And that's okay. It's part of what builds connection for us. It builds a rung. We drink from matching coffee cups. So we probably have six sets of matching coffee cups. And that's a great gift for us, by the way, if you're ever interested. Number two, we say a prayer together before dinner, right? So this is all your purpose power tips. Number one is this ritual. We say a prayer before dinner every night. And you can do rituals with friends too. So my dear friend, Allison, 20 years ago when we were working back in Michigan together, she and I, I would go to her house before work every morning and we would watch Taibo. Did you ever do Taibo? Right. And it was like a tape from night, a videotape from 1980. And these women were in their leotards and tights and their hair was all teased up and big bangs. And this woman would in the video every day, because it was the same video, she would say, it's hard, eh? And so she and I, to break up something serious or just if we're in the middle of giggling, one of us will say, it's hard, eh? Right? That's why private jokes matter. They are rituals, rituals. So you can build a ritual in the workplace, right? One of the things I love to do is when, I, when you are starting a staff meeting, start the staff meeting with three breaths. So everyone is calming down. They're coming into a place in peace. Start the staff meeting then with wins. What was good? Who's got a win? It could be personal. It could be professional. What you're doing then is you're using positivity, right? Go back a few episodes. You're using positivity to, to ignite the brain and the parts of the brain that are more creative and better problem solvers and better at building trust and relationships. So you could create ritual at work. 
You can create ritual in your friendships. You can create ritual in your romantic relationships. Number two, there is something called love languages. And I love this. This is the work of Gary Chapman. He was a minister for 30 years and did so much relationship counseling. And what he found is that couples who were having issues were not speaking the same language. One of them would say to the other, you don't ever say I love you. And then the partner would say, but I just washed your car. So basically they were wanting and giving love in different ways. And when you can know your love language, do you most want love verbally where people are saying thing, nice things to you? Do you most feel love when someone is doing acts of service? They're washing your car. They are filling your car with gas. They are you know, going grocery shopping for you. Do you most feel loved when you're touched and held? And we all have, there's five of them. We all have all five. But by taking this assessment, what you do is you get to know your own love language. And then you can communicate that to the people who love you. You can ask for what you need. So one of the rituals I have with Josh, I'm a verbal. I love verbal, 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 which is why I love receiving your emails, right? So it's probably why I also love giving a podcast and being a motivational speaker. I love language. I love speaking. So I love receiving notes. And so I leave Josh a note every time I travel. And I travel a lot. And we have a ritual around that. And I realized I really want that back. And there was a part of me that was hurt that after seven years, I don't get notes. And then I had to take my own advice. And instead of being hurt or sad, I asked him a couple of weeks ago, I said, hey, babe, you know what I'd really love? I'd really love a love note. And it's uncomfortable for him. That's not how he gives love. He gives love more quality time together, acts of service. And he knows it's important to me. And so when I came home from a trip recently last week, went into the bathroom and right at the sink, there was a welcome home love note. So we can ask for what we need and love languages is a great way to do that. And of course, in the show notes below, there is the assessment that you want to take. And number three is what the Gottmans call a love map. So a love map is really getting to know each other. And there's a great app for this, and it's got all sorts of wonderful, juicy questions to ask each other, both about the kind of relationship that you want and about each other, about their biggest fear, about who they would want to have dinner with, you know, on a uh, if they could pick anybody. So there, there's beautiful questions. The next, and these are all purpose power tools. The next purpose power tool for relationships I want to give you is around appreciation. And appreciation isn't just thank you, thanks, hon, thanks. We do a lot of that. Rather, appreciation is a little deeper. It's a next step. And it's saying to someone, I appreciate how you left me that note. I appreciate that you went out of your comfort zone. I appreciate that you heard me. And what you're doing, I mean, I hate to say this, it's kind of like Pavlov's dog, but what you're doing is you're kind of training someone else and teaching someone else. I don't want you to think this is manipulative, but what you're doing is you're teaching somebody else what you love, what you need. And you're making them feel great about themselves. This is what I love about gratitude and appreciation. And so you want to take your gratitude a step further. Appreciate actual characteristics about somebody. I love how creative you are. I so appreciate how you make me think more expansively, how you make me think more deeply. I appreciate how you inspire me. You want to take it to that next level. In fact, what John Gottman and some of his colleagues found, they did research on what makes a couple stay together more? Their response to negative events or positive events? So which one do you think it is? Is it negative events or positive events? 
if you're like most people, you might think it's negative events because when something challenging happens, we all want love and comfort. But what the researchers found is that with the exception of psychopaths, we all have an empathy card. We all know how to be connected and feel compassion and be loving towards someone else in a challenging negative time. What we don't have as much of is the ability to really join with someone in their joy. And so they have this process that they call active constructive responding, right? So if you are passive constructive, then let's say you get a new job and you say to a friend, oh my God, I got a new job. And he or she says, that's nice. Now they think that they're responding. They are being constructive and responding, but it doesn't lift you up. Or someone can be destructive and you say, I got a new job. And the other person says, oh, that sounds like a lot of work. Why would you do that? You're going to have to travel now. Is it really worth it? Like, right. So did you get a raise? Do you think it's enough money? And they're really challenging. They also could be destructive and passive where then they make it about themselves or they just walk away. Oh, you got a new job? Oh my God, I got a new job too. Let me tell you about my job. Right? And we all know people who do all three of those things and they feel like shit. Rather, what we want to do is what's called active constructive responding. And that's when someone tells you, you got a, they got a new job, you want to support them. You want to ask questions. You want to help them celebrate. And you don't have to be as enthusiastic as I am. Like, oh my God, you could do it in your own way. And you could say, that sounds amazing. Tell me more. Where's it going to be? What are you excited about? How did it come about? Tell me about the interviews. You can do it in your own way. These are simple tools that all of us can use to create the kind of relationships we want, whether those are romantic relationships, whether those are friendships, whether those are work relationships. Because what we know is what Chris Peterson said, that at the end of the day, other people matter. They matter to your happiness. They matter to your flourishing. And so thank you, thank you, thank you for listening to this episode of the Purpose Girl podcast. As always, I appreciate you so much. And I ask you to please download this episode. Please subscribe to it. The way that we are getting the word out is honestly that we have more downloads. It's I'm, I'm asking you from the bottom of my heart that you download every episode and you subscribe. And of course, that you rate it, you review it, you give it five stars and let me know how you like it. Let me know what else you want. Ask me questions. And then, of course, share it with a friend, share it with the women at work, share it with the women, share it with the men, share it with everybody, share it with sisters, with mothers, with friends. That is how we are changing the world, one woman at a time. And of course, please join my Facebook group, Purpose Girls. Every week we ask you a deep question to empower your own well-being. You can find that on Facebook and you can find me at Coach Karen Rockind and on Instagram at Karen Rockind. I love hearing from you. Thank you so much. May you live purposefully. May you love yourself and may you love life. Bye for now.